The numerous fixes has also a kind of more formal procedure. So when you've applied for a numerous fixes program, and let's say the program is 200 places and your ranking number is 180, congratulations, you've been offered a place. Then you have two weeks to accept this offer and you log into StudyLink to accept that place. If you don't do anything after two weeks, it will expire. This is Let's Talk Higher Ed, a podcast for high school counselors and university admissions representatives worldwide who aim to help connect students to their dream schools. In each episode, we hold candid conversations with our community of students, their counselors, and universities to discuss everything from dealing with anxious parents to ensuring a seamless transition to university life. Let's get started. Welcome to Let's Talk Higher Ed podcast. I'm your host, Tim Munnon, Senior Director of Education Partnerships at Cialpo. Cialpo supports counselors with our powerful and simple to use platform, helping counselors and students save time in making higher education more accessible. We also support universities. Cialpo is your trusted partner to help you find right fit undergraduate students from the largest network of international high schools. On today's podcast, we're joined by Ann Cows. Senior Recruiter and Communications Officer at Lighting University College in The Hague. We're going to be discussing the popularity of Dutch universities and exploring the overall application process. Anne, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to have you on the podcast. We've been knowing each other for a number of years, and you've presented in a lot of different formats that I've seen. And you're my, you're definitely my, one of my resident experts when it comes to the Netherlands and apply to uh, universities. Glad to hear it. All right. Well, Netherlands, a growing destination for international students. Why, why is that? Yeah, it's really been booming over the last few years. When I started my job, we were still working on building the reputation of the Netherlands, but that's completely changed now and we're very, very popular. Most students say that they're really attracted to the Netherlands because of the affordability of education and the high quality. So all of the Dutch research universities are accredited by the same accrediting body in the Netherlands, and they have very high standards, and they're also ranked internationally. So you'll find research universities in international rankings. You'll find universities of applied sciences across the country as well, and all of them have to meet very high quality standards. But the education is also quite innovative because we want to train minds for the future. We're really a knowledge economy here in the Netherlands, so we want to bring that cultural element into our education as well. So there's a lot of room for students to enjoy innovative classes, a mix of small-scale and large-scale lectures. Depending on the program they choose, they can also do some designing maybe. So there's a lot of critical thinking and, and innovation in our education system. And maybe a final point is also that students find the admissions procedure fairly straightforward. So that makes it also a nice system to kind of step into that's manageable. And in the obviously growing number of programs at the undergraduate level in English. Yes. Did I not mention that? It's so logical to me, but uh, indeed, you're completely right. We have a lot of courses in English, even though our language here is not English. It's very widely spoken and it's, of course, the language of business and uh, academia. So we teach a lot in English as well. And at the master level, you can hardly find anything in Dutch at the moment even. So it's very well integrated in our system. Highly affordable, obviously, for, for Dutch students and European Union students and also for international students? Well, the education is subsidized for EU citizens. So anyone with an EU passport can benefit from the same tuition fees that Dutch students pay, which are around 2,500 euros per year. 
Non-EU students cannot benefit from those subsidies, but we try to keep the tuition fees as low as possible. They range between about 10,000 euros per year to about 18,000 euros per year. Those can be sent by the institution, so it depends a little bit on the course, what type of facilities are needed for them, for example. But in general, if you compare it to other education systems, you'll still find that it's a lot more affordable. Right. And you, were, you just mentioned earlier, research universities, applied sciences universities, and then you also have a college system. Can you talk a little bit about all three? Sure. Yeah, this is always a bit difficult to grasp for people who come from the outside. It is more common within Europe. So Germany has a similar system, Switzerland. You'll find that we have the traditional universities, which are the research universities. Those are the more academic institutions where professors tend to have a PhD. Students can do a bachelor, a master, and can also do potentially a PhD themselves if they want to. Of course, a lot enter the labor market. Um, it's a very high-paced uh, way of learning, and you get quite a lot of analytical depth as well. And those offer three-year degrees. So it's the same as in the UK, a three-year bachelor degree. But then we also have something called a University of Applied Sciences, and it's kind of in the name. Uh, you learn to apply your knowledge. So there are a lot of um, jobs around for which you don't necessarily need a very academic approach, but you still need to be highly trained. And those degrees are offered by universities of applied science. Now, there are certain courses that are offered only by universities of applied sciences. Think of fine arts, hotel schools, but also things like nursing, elementary school teaching, physical therapy, game design. Everything where you learn to put your knowledge in practice is offered at a university of applied sciences. The universities of applied sciences are four years in length. But students commonly then enter the labor market afterwards, whereas at a research university, it's more common for students to do a master. And another difference is that uh, universities of applied sciences tend to have internships included in the program as well, because you're getting really labor market training. Right. Do, do the research university master programs, what's the usually typical duration for those? So a master program is usually one or two years in length. When you go more towards the humanities, languages, uh, and also business and things like that, law is usually a one-year master. The ones in engineering is usually a two-year master. Right. And you have this wonderful thing of university colleges, this liberal arts model in the Netherlands? Yeah, to make it more confusing, we've got another subset of options. So research universities got really inspired by what they saw in particularly America in the form of liberal arts colleges. Um, and this really links to kind of knowledge once started. You know, when you look at the ancient Greeks, all they were doing is philosophizing and studying the world around them. And the idea is that the world, we've divided it into kind of different disciplines, but in real life, that's not the case, right? Like a turtle doesn't know that it belongs to the biology system or the geography system. So the idea with university colleges is that you can actually pick and choose from different disciplines and you're not linked to just one. Whereas if you pick a regular degree, again, a parallel with the UK, you normally study just that degree. So if you chose psychology, you would follow all your courses in the direction of psychology. But the beauty of the university college is that we've kind of adopted the American style liberal arts model where you can combine different fields. So the keyword is interdisciplinary. You will always be combining insights from different disciplines. Um, another aspect is the community aspect. Uh, usually the colleges are selective and we have a very small scale international community at these colleges where students live and learn together very often as well. The on-campus living is not always the case for all of them, but there's really a synergy between what happens outside the classroom and inside the classroom. 
So these are kind of the honors colleges of the research universities. Most research universities have at least one university college, some have more. So I work at Leiden University College in The Hague. So we fall under Leiden University. Leiden University is based both in Leiden and The Hague. They have 15 English taught programs and the university college is one of them. So we have kind of our own ecosystem, our own building, and we offer the liberal arts and sciences model. I'm going to have to try to remember that turtle reference you had there for the liberal arts part. I'm going to, I'm going to have to work on that a little bit, but a nice analogy for sure. Just let everybody know, we do have a bunch of resources that are going to be linked in here. So we are talking at kind of a, a high level overall view here and take us kind of through a basics of the application process. What's my first step? What are some general qualifications? Let's start with that and then we'll, we'll go a little bit further along. Sure. So in general, I mentioned already that it's a straightforward application process. Sometimes people who see it for the first time can get a little bit confused, but if you do your homework, then it's definitely doable. We have a centralized registration system, which we call StudyLink, but it's not an application system. So we're, you know, if you compare it to the UK or to the Common App, for example, we have a little bit of that, but it's not fully there. So in StudyLink, what you have to do is you register for the programs that you want to apply for, and you have a limit of four applications that you can register in there. So let's say you found three programs at Leiden University that you're interested in, our university college, our psychology program, and also our security studies program. And then the fourth one is maybe a program at Tilburg University. Those are the four that you can then put in in StudyLink. But after that, you have to do a second step, which is submit all the required documents for that particular program to the university. And the university can say, what does that look like? Usually they want to see some sort of transcript because they want to know that you with your high school diploma are eligible. Often they'll also ask for something like a motivation letter to see whether you are really genuinely interested in this program. And all of this will be detailed on their website. That's in a nutshell, the starting point of the application. So you have both StudyLink and the system of the university. Okay, so I'm going to apply. Now, there's some programs that are, is a special word, numerous fixes, and then we have other programs. Tell us, tell us the difference between the two and, and maybe some timelines associated with that. Sure. So in general, what you can say is that in the Netherlands, we really believe in access to education. And we have also have a high school system, which is kind of tailored to fit with the university system. Now, this might sound irrelevant, but I'm getting there. Don't worry. So students kind of in the Netherlands, the selection kind of takes place in high school. So you're either on a track towards a research university, you're on a track towards the University of Applied Sciences, or you're on a vocational track. So some of the selection takes place there, which means that there are a lot of programs available at universities and universities of applied sciences that don't have further selection. So if you have the right mix of subjects and the right level, then you are eligible for those courses. And the same applies for international students as well, particularly if you have a very well-recognized international high school diploma, such as the IB diploma, British A-levels, the European baccalaureate, then it's pretty straightforward to know whether you are eligible for a certain program or not. But in some cases, that's the main thing. The university will just check whether you have the right subjects and then you can submit an application and you might be able to enroll right away. But there are also some courses which are more popular or which have selection for another reason. So we have uh, what you can imagine, talent-based selection. If a student wants to apply for an art program, for example, you need to go usually through an audition or submit a portfolio. But then we also have something called numerous fixes. Numerous fixes means, for those listeners who know some Latin, 
fixed number. So it means there's a limited number of seats available for that particular program. Um, and so the university has to select because they get more applications than they have place for. Number six is follows a very strict TET timeline. Students who apply for number six's programs have to be registered in StudiLink before the 15th of January. And that's the same deadline every year. There's no negotiation about it. So don't wait until the last day to start your application because you have to go through the verification and everything. So if you're applying for a numerous fixes program, make sure you start on time. Then the university will assess based on your application that they can ask you different things. They might ask you to do an online assessment. They might ask you to write a motivation. They'll look at your grades and then they'll create a ranking of all the students who have applied. And this ranking is released on the 15th of April. So on the 15th of April, you know where you stand. Am I in or am I waitlisted? And, and Do you the, want me to go into more detail or yeah? That's, that's a great one. I just want to make sure I have it right. And again, think about timelines. As long as I'm registered in StudentLink and I've identified the numerous fixes program that I'm interested in our course, by January 15th, I'm good to go. And then I'm going through the process. It is that I have to have finished everything by January 15th. And I know that students will get a number. And if their number is really, really low, then they realize probably getting in off the wait list is probably, probably not going to happen. So there's a bit of that, but it's nice that, yeah. you, that you know your ranking, which is kind of different from, from the United States. How many numerous Fritz's programs can I uh, apply to? That's a very good question. So you can apply for a maximum of two numerous fixes programs. So out of the four choices I mentioned at the beginning, two of those can be numerous fixes. And there's even further restrictions on the really popular ones, such as medicine and physiotherapy, because you can only apply for one of those. Well, I love all the Dutch websites, university websites. It's, it's usually pretty clear. And then obviously they have wonderful professionals like you that can help us through the process. If I am applying, there's a thing called matching and a a binding study agreement of some sort. Can we talk about those two terms? Yeah, sure. But maybe it's good to mention that I talked about talent-based selection and the numerous fixes. There's one other type of selection, which I didn't mention, which is the one that applies to the university colleges. So I think it's useful to mention it separately so that people know it doesn't count as one of the two numerous fixes. The university colleges like ours are allowed to select our students because we want to put together a classroom of students who really engage in learning and who will, yeah, have the right mix, let's say. So we want yeah. students who are active in the classroom and things like that. So university colleges also select their students. Again, follow the stems on the website. Again, you have to register a study link, but it doesn't fall under the uh, numerous fixes header. So it has its own deadlines and things like that. And then what you mentioned indeed matching for all of those courses that don't have this selection, we still have a kind of process in place to check whether you are the right fit for the, for the program. So the universities have to offer this. It's actually a right for the student um, and it can look, it can have different shapes and forms. So it can be an online assessment again. It can be a conversation with a study advisor. The university may also ask you to write a motivation letter, but it's an activity that you do to explore the study program that you've applied for. So if you haven't taken the time to figure out, okay, you're, you're eligible, but is it actually the right fit? Then the university will help you with this, with this activity. And the funny thing about it is that at the end, we'll give you an advice, right? So we already know you're eligible. Otherwise you don't enter the matching procedure and the matching procedure will tell you, okay, do we actually think you're a good fit or not? So we'll give you a positive or a negative matching advice. And then it's up to you what you do with that. 
So that's in essence the difference between selection and matching. That's a great definition of it. I, I like that. I, I think I probably have fumbled that up quite a few times in, in my career. Binding study agreement. This, this seems pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. We're very strange, especially the binding study advice, right? An advice which is binding. I mean, does it get more Dutch than this? <laughs> so basically, this comes from a couple of years ago when basically in one academic year, you can obtain 60 credits, 60 ECTS. So it's the same system all around Europe. You obtain those by passing subjects, which means you pass the exam with a 5.5 or higher usually. So usually you take 10 subjects per year, so they go in little chunks. Now, what we do is at the midpoint of the year, we see how you're doing, right? Have you obtained your 30 credits that you need to have after Christmas? Or are you only at 12 credits or at 20 credits? Where, how, how are you doing? So then we, we tell you already, hey, look, this is the situation. We think you're not going to make it or you're going to make it. You need to step it up. At the end of the year, we look at how many credits the student has obtained. And then we turn that advice into a binding advice, meaning you have to follow it. If you have obtained sufficient credits, if you get all 60, then you get a positive binding study advice, which means you can continue your studies. Of course, if you then don't want to, that's your choice. But the reverse is also in place. If you get less than the minimum amount, which in most cases is somewhere around 42 credits, then we will give you the advice to stop. And that advice is binding. So that means you have to actually stop and drop out and find a different uh, study program. It's clear, but it does have its limits. So you have to appreciate that also uh, about the Dutch as well and the system that has been set up uh, with I that. I mean, yeah, it goes hand in hand with the fact that we're not so selective for those programs, right? So maybe it's easier to get in, but then you have to work hard and stay in. So it's not in place in order to discourage students or to kick them out, but it's more like, look, if you're so far behind already, you're not going to make it. So we've been accepted. We, we think we want, we want to attend school in the Netherlands. Any guiding advice as far as accepting offers or final next steps? Yeah. So there are not really very streamlined processes for this. In a lot of cases, universities will ask you, hey, are you planning to come? Mostly for their course planning to know, you know, how large do the classrooms need to be? How many staff do we need to hire, et cetera? In some cases, this is a bit more strict. So for example, the university colleges, since we are more inspired by the American model, we will usually ask for a small deposit. So you can pay that in order to hold your place. Also, the numerous fixes has also a kind of more formal procedure. So when you've applied for a numerous fixes program, and let's say the program is 200 places and your ranking number is 180, congratulations, you've been offered a place. Then you have two weeks to accept this offer and you log into StudyLink to accept that place. If you don't do anything after two weeks, it will expire. So again, when you see the term numerous fixes, you should be really alert because there are very strict procedures around it, basically. Well, and it, and it seems it seems fair enough. And if you don't, then someone else comes off the, the list and there are opportunity for doing that. You're very popular. You have programs in English. It's a pretty straightforward process. Is a lot of students are applying to Netherlands or what ready to go there. That has created some some housing things. Uh, general advice when it comes to housing in the Netherlands. Yeah, this is a very good thing to bring up. Indeed, traditionally Dutch universities don't really own their own housing. It was always kind of a separate thing, and you can imagine we're a tiny country, so a lot of students. You know, before we really had international students, you just arrange your own housing, or even you commute for a while until you find a room. Not a problem. 
Then we started getting more international students. So the universities realized they had to do something, but we're not actually allowed to own our own housing. So we work with housing corporations and they usually have a select number of rooms reserved for students. But unfortunately, the amount of students keeps growing. So it's really hard to keep up with. I can, I mean, you can imagine building housing takes a while, unfortunately. There are lots of ways for students to find housing on the more unofficial circuit. So the way traditionally Dutch students usually live is that they'll live in a privately owned house. They'll rent one of the rooms. There will be five other roommates. They'll share the kitchen and the bathroom, for example. And international students can also do this. So the universities give a lot of resources for you to find housing like this on the private market. Some students also manage to find their own studio apartment, for example. And again, as I said, the universities do have some reserved housing, usually for individual students. It's just that a lot of universities don't guarantee it. So it is important to be aware of this. Lots of students find their way. And particularly if you live near the Netherlands, maybe you can come over and look for some housing before you, you know, make your, make your final move. But that would be in, in the form of a visit. So visiting, seeing some houses before. But otherwise, I would say use the resources of the universities that are given and also make sure you have some backup options just in case. So apply in different cities, for example. Got it. Well, thank you. It's a great country. It's, it's got all kinds of opportunities, not only just in the larger cities, but all around the country. Uh, and any other advice or frequent questions that you get that might be worth sharing today? Well, I often get the question, okay, so... Which university is really the best one? You know, you can tell me. Please, yeah. please. And it's a very difficult one. Yeah, I, of course, I would say my university. But actually, <laughs> the true Dutch answer is that we really don't work with a system like that. You know, when you look at the UK, for example, you know that the that Oxford and Cambridge are the most well-known and the oldest and have the highest status. But in the Netherlands, we really try to be more egalitarian because the university or the country believes in access to education, whether you live in the north, the south, the east or the west. So, and all of us have to make the same accreditation standards as well. So there's quite a lot of standardization. Um, so finding the one for you is more about, you know, what is this university specialized in? And you can look at things like international rankings and specifically the subject rankings as well, because that tells you a bit more where the specialization lies. In the Netherlands, we also do a big student survey and uh, we do get some special awards if you're like the number one in your category. So you'd, a lot of universities will communicate that on their websites as well. But a lot of it also has to do with you, you know, where do you want to live? Do you want a small city or a large city? Do you want an older university with buildings sprawled throughout the city or do you want a more modern university that is in a campus? Do you want to live closer or further away from large cities? What is your budget? Uh, what is the teaching style of this university? Is the course offered uh, in English and is it large or small in skill? So those are the factors I would tell students to look at to find the right match for them. But any degree in the Netherlands will be recognized abroad from whichever university you come. You can do your bachelor in one place and your master in another. So just find the one that is the right fit for you. Thank you so much. And as we said, we've got, we're going to have some resources for you in the show description. So please check it out. And you've done a wonderful job of taking us all the way through the application process and, and everything about higher education uh, in the Netherlands. So thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk Higher Ed. This show is brought to you by Cialfo a fast-growing global edtech company and student-first career exploration and college application network. If you enjoyed this episode, then follow Let's Talk Higher Ed wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
or join us online at cialfo.co slash podcast for all of the latest episodes.